Let me put out a quick disclaimer first. In the words of Colonel Clink, who you guys might not remember from Hogan's Heroes, I know nothing except the SPs better find a bid in here somewhere because you don't want to see where the next daily support is. And two, what are the what are the bond market trying to tell us here in the TLT and the 30-year bond? Uh, is the Fed gonna hand gonna be forced? Not a great day to report earnings. Now you could just ask any of uh three or four major companies that reported. Michelle Krabs is gonna talk autos with us and uh should be a, a wild Friday here on Wall Street. Let's figure it out on pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. and not Colonel Clank. How did I mess that up? Maybe because the show hasn't been on in a couple hundred years. But uh, let's look at the markets. We close, follow through the downside. We're down around 10 handles at 39.10. The old important pre-market low with 38.84 and a quarter. Uh, the buck's pulling back. It's down 16 cents at 104.74. The bonds, I sure hope the bonds are right here. Because I'm looking at October, I'm looking at November low, I'm looking at December low, and a little bit of a rally, and I hope it's correct. Crude, in the mid-70 handle now, down 76 cents at 74.97. Gold catching a bid, little flight to safety, up 480, 1839.40. Silver not participating flat here at 2016. And Bitcoin futures, out. Oh, we're back under 20K, just couldn't escape the chaos. Bitcoin futures down 180 bucks at 19,895. Let's bring in the master of disaster, uh, Triple D. What a day. What a day. Uh, for I, the and banks. it's collapsing right now. So five minutes ago, it was $56. It's 33 now, SIVB. So we're going down here right now. Oh my SIVB is going, it looks like, insolvent here right now in front of us. So it just fell 20 points here in about the last five minutes. So down 67%. Only on Wall Street, you have a stock fall 57% one day and then 67% the next day. Um, I mean, this is just what this is. There's some, probably a bank run going on it now. Party over. The problem is the contagion effect here. FRC is down another 19% here. This is just absolutely getting really, really ugly. Um, I don't even know what to say, like how much the contagion is the problem. So SIVB is foregone conclusion, but you're seeing, you know, PACW is another one. It's down 9% here now, down 30% yesterday. There's just multiple banks here now. This has really come out of the blue, obviously, at us, you know, where, you know, this wasn't on anybody's radar a week ago. And obviously we talked a lot about on this show yesterday morning, correctly, um, mm -hmm. I knew this was concerning. That's why I, in the morning when the S&P started rallying, which was absolutely ridiculous, by the way, I was just lightening up stuff in the long-term portfolio. So I'm up to 65% cash because you can't have risk on when you're seeing stuff like this happen. I've went through the financial crisis before. Not that this is a financial crisis, but we don't know that it's not. So what is probably going to happen, and this is why you're starting to see the TLT rally, is that the Fed is going to have to pivot much sooner if we start having bank problems. So not saying a, a, a pivot's coming tomorrow, but I'm saying a pivot is going to come much, much sooner than where it was going to come a week ago. So that's good news for certain stocks. It's good news for the bonds. That's why you're seeing the bonds start to rally here. Um, what that means for the overall market, I don't know yet. Banks going down is never a good thing for the overall market, but at the same time, a pivot is. So you got to weigh it here. It's it's hard to really envision, you know, where we're going overall. I still think you don't want to own anything with a lot of debt here right now. So as much True. as I like low yep. PEs, I don't want to own a lot of stocks with a lot of debt here right now because I don't know the the fallout here yet. Um, it's it's still contained. 
The question is, does it stay contained? That's what we don't know the answer to yet. You know what? You came up with a, on the pre pre market show. You came up with a um, a good uh, term, and uh, and folks, you know, just just listen to what we're saying. Don't don't you know do your own analysis. A forced pivot. Okay, we're not saying this is going to happen today, tomorrow. It's just we're looking at all the information that the market is giving us, our experience in the markets, and we're saying possible scenarios and we're all over the map with uh, you know the sure. recession with inflation and everything so this we're not we're not saying today like a force tennis you did did tweet out that they should do an immediate interest rate that cut. was a joke i i know that I that's know, what happens dennis that's what happens can't, don't get jokes I <laughs> they said, don't I, get we jokes an emergency through text. rate like that was a joke but I do think today's jobs number is not going to matter that much. I think if you get a rally mm. into it, so if we get a nice rally, I think you're selling stocks as fast as you possibly can into it. If yeah. it sells off, I'm not buying the dip. So we have just too much unknown risk here right now. I do think, I don't think we're going to a financial crisis because the number one thing which Raggy Horner has brought up in the show is they have so many more bullets in their chamber. Now with interest rates as high as they are, they can come for emergency rate cuts. If we get into a situation where banks start failing, multiple banks, they will. They can just cut rates and fix the problem almost immediately. That's why we're not going into a financial crisis. The question is, how ugly does it get before the Fed actually says, "Hey, maybe we got to cool it with inflation for a bit and we got to save our banks." I mean, yeah, is it is it gonna is it gonna take one of the big boys dropping down as much? Or yeah, is it, that's they, what they're I, not that concerned question, about SIVB. Right? They're yeah, probably not concerned the smaller about banks. They don't really public. care about, right? They're not concerned about these little ones. But if you start seeing some of the big boys really start getting hammered here, oh, Bank of America, concerned. Wells yep. Fargo, and again, we're we're a long ways from there. But man, that's a couple of really ugly days for Bank of America and Wells Fargo. So uh, you know, we were talking about weakness. Citigroup, same thing. These are some ugly candles. A lot has changed in 24 hours. A lot has changed in 24 hours. Risk has went up substantially, which is why yesterday when we were rallying in the morning, which was the stupidest thing ever, and I tweeted out, um, the market's <laughs> eventually going to pay attention to this. I'm like, i got to take risk off in the long-term portfolio. So I sold my Ford. I sold my GSK. I don't like the fact that it's got debt. I sold more Qs in the, out of the long-term portfolio. I sold my EA, which I just bought a little while ago, trying to call it bottom. I was like, I'm not playing around with that either. Um, I sold, I had Nordstrom in there, which was a spec play, which shouldn't have been in there anyways. And I was playing off Cohen just in the last little while. And it's not, not a good idea. So out of that too, <laughs> I sold something else. I can't remember what else I sold. Um, CAE, I had that one for a long AE, time. So I brought myself up from 50% cash to 65% cash yesterday morning. So now I'm sitting at 65% cash, hedged in the trading portfolio, not short, hedged in the trading portfolio, because again, you're going to a jobs number here. We don't know. If we rally here, I will be selling stocks. So if we rally on this jobs number, I will be selling stocks. If we dip, I won't be buying stocks. That's you know, where I'm at right now. Okay. Not saying full on bear market financial crisis coming, but so much more information, too much risk to just be coming in here and trying to pick up two, 3%. It's too much risk. And and just as let's look at the flip side of this too. And uh, I'm sure we're going to lose a lot of people with uh, with what I'm going to say now. But you know, you had the saving loan crisis, right? Yes, you know, back in uh, the late '70s, early '80s, and there were some bargains back there. I mean, eventually, and I'm not saying that's you know history is going to repeat itself the same way, but there could be. Some, I mean, technically, you know, it's it's hard to nail things and it's hard to figure out what the Fed's going to do. But uh, I had Nate Tolbeck uh, from Complete Bank Data on, um, on uh, pre-market prep with stock odds. And, you know, he said it's too early to dip your toe in, he said. But a lot of these banks are, you know, maybe getting, uh, you know, thrashed un unfairly. So Oh, they are. Yeah. Joel, they are. and But the one problem is if you start getting you know, people scared, is my money safe? And especially in some of these smaller banks, mm -hmm. it is like self-fulfilling. That is, you know, they're, they can't meet the current de deposits. You know, they can't meet the current demand for withdrawals. And that's how a bank becomes quickly insolvent because they lend long and they borrow short. 
people want to always, you know, bring in more money, they can get themselves into trouble. This was with the financial crisis. It's more confidence than anything. So confidence is shot in SIVB. It's shot in a few other of these regionals, but it's contained for now. But caution is the word. I'm not coming in here and buying banks right now until I start seeing that it's safe to dip my toe back in the water. Because I've seen how ugly this can get, how quickly. You remember the financial crisis, how ugly it can get so quickly. You know, and people say, well, eventually they come back. Citigroup will come back. Well, people don't realize on the reverse split the Citigroup had. Citigroup's all-time high is $500 a share. Citigroup is still down 90%. 15 years later, after the biggest bull run that this market has ever seen, we're still down 90% from the all-time highs. So Citigroup never came back. Never, never, never came back. So, and never going to come back. It's just diluted too much. I don't think we're in that situation. I think the banks are going to be buys here. I think there's going to be some that are going to be buys eventually, but I'm not buying right now. Not until I can see that it's safe, that it feels safer out here. I do believe the Fed is going to have to pivot sooner. If we start seeing banks go down, the Fed will pivot a lot sooner than you think. And I think that's why the bonds are trading higher. So yeah, TLT one thing, probably. One thing will be, um, the question I would ask, right? One thing will be is, is will the Fed be late to the ball? right and uh they're usually late to the ball they were late in the ball on inflation raising rates will they be late on the ball on this financial worries and let it play out a little bit and by that time we could actually be in a financial crisis um so instability of prices is definitely they won't a let case us get there that the fed can jump in um you, you think they won't let us get to no, instability? No, they won't let us get into a full-on financial crisis here. That's why I'm not calling for the financial crisis. They have too many bull- – the rent interest rates, they caused this. This isn't like they, being they caused but by like if they, a housing, you know, loaning money to the tomato picker at, you know, $14 an hour and give them $800,000 more. This isn't what has caused this. Mm-hmm. This is being completely caused by the Fed's reckless, and it was reckless, to just raise, 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 raise as quickly as they possibly could. I get it. They're trying to beat inflation. And we know we've talked about how the local banks, how the, you know, the, the, you know, the retail banks are fighting back by just extending amortizations on stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's the battle here right now. But that battle here, extending those amortizations, is not helping their own loan books either. So there, there's a lot of things, a lot of balls to juggle here. But the one thing we have to remember that's different this time is the Fed caused this, and they can uncause it very quickly by just lowering rates. So if we can got they a situation, can stop, they though? Please. Just let me finish my point, and then you can yeah. talk. You can talk. But the Fed caused this, Mitch. They caused this. They've they hold all the cards. They can mm-hmm. fix it like that. They could if if we were in a financial crisis, they'll go. We're going to drop three hundred basis points right now, and this market would rip, and the confidence would come right back into the system. So they hold. Though the, the, they hold the tools to fix the problem. They're not going to do that right now because they're still trying to fight inflation. But at a certain point in time, if we got into a situation where we're going into a financial crisis, like a run on all the banks, they will, they will come out with emergency rate cuts. That tweet that I said won't be a joke anymore. So that's why I don't think we're going into financial crisis. Now, what were you going to say? No, I just, I just worry that you know the, the high inflation rate doesn't leave them that ammo to 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 just cut, come in and cut rates early because then that would create stagflation, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's the problem is they're weighing. They're going to look at this and say, well, SIVB isn't worth ceasing our battle on inflation. Exactly. You know, FRC isn't worth ceasing our battle on inflation. But if we got to a situation where Bank America or Citigroup or those started to just start crash and burning, that would be a completely different situation. Those are too big okay. to fail. So they're going to analyze what is too big to fail and what is not. SIVB, let her fail. FRC, if it's going to go into trouble, and I don't know if it is, but you know, you just saw the stock just fall 50 bucks in two days, they would let that fail if it, if it came to that. I don't think FRC is going to go down, but I don't know. I don't know who's going to go down at this point in time. I run on these banks, and you know, you don't just don't know. But Bank America or Citi or JP Morgan or Wells Fargo, those are too big to fail. They aren't going to go through the Lehman hell again because when they let Lehman fail, and mm-hmm. you know if you go and re- you can read up on this stuff, when they let Lehman fail, it's a complete house of cards. It just got all messed up. You know they had def- you, had, you had people with their insurance policies not going to pay out. I mean it was a complete mess. You can't let the big guns fail. So they will not let Bank of America or J.P. Morgan or Wells Fargo or any of the big guns fail. Now we're a long ways away from that, so that's why they're still going to stay the course. They're just monitoring the situation. 
But people who are calling and saying we're going into another financial crisis are wrong because the Fed can stop this just like that and stop us from going into a financial crisis. So I don't think that's happening. I think it's still pockets of regionals. We'll see how ugly it gets. If it starts to get really ugly, they will start backing off on the rate hikes and they might even do an emergency cut. But we're a long ways away from there. But risk happens fast, as Doug Cass says. Let's yeah, expand. I mean, oh, go I ahead, think- Joe. I just think, though, you know, when you look at some of these banks, and there's one thing I could just, I can't put an exact number on it, where like with JP Morgan, and I can specifically remember they're like, well, you know, they're sending a more loss provisions, you know, loan loss provisions. They kept raising it, and it it, it hurt earnings, and they Mm. shifted it. So, you know. How how prepared Jamie Dimon? I mean, he's made some you know some good calls and some bad calls, but you know you could tell if if a bank is if they're being conservative and raising their lot you know lot loan loss provisions and not taking on more risk, they're gonna be they're gonna be better off with things you know when things happen. So it's um, a good comment, Joel. There, yeah, um, yeah, because yeah. they have they definitely have been doing that. Um, now I did want to bring in images from the CME Fed tool to kind of point to what Dennis is alluding to here. Um, So here's kind of just the probabilities, right? And you can see here, we went from 66.3 and that's uh, 68.3 to 61.6% for the 50 basis points. So that's already starting to slowly go down. It hasn't made a massive move. Let's see tomorrow or on Monday when we come back, does this this drop to like 40%? That's what I'm going to be paying attention to. Things like that can definitely give us a sign. And then also wanted to bring in the other important thing, right, which is the outlook for when pivots would come, right, or when we would not have an interest rate hike. So you can see the 100%, 100% goes until November. And then November, you get a drop to 99.6. But look at the ease. That's what we're looking at. When would they cut? Here is December 13th as being that first month that you would get an ease percentage probability, which is at 0.19. So December is what they're saying right now for that first cut. Dennis, you think that potentially if this gets worse, it could be earlier than this that December. This chart that you're showing three days ago meant something. This chart you're showing means absolutely nothing right now. And the reason for that is too much new information is coming at this market every single hour right now. There's too much new information. So if we have more banks just fall in 50% here in the next couple of days, they're gonna this number is gonna come down drastically. But I think we're in a situation where we have to get more information. Is it just SIVB? Is this, you know, hitting FRC down 25% or 30% in a couple of days? Is it gonna bounce right back in there? It's a contained. That's the question. We don't know if it's contained right now. We don't know just SIVB buying some bad mortgages and, you know, it's going to go down. We can see pretty much that SIVB is probably not going to make it, um, but just from the trading action. But we don't know if anyone else is. If it starts to spread, they will throw this chart out the window. If it starts to spread, they will start coming in and cutting rates. I'm not joking. <laughs> I think, I not think the half is off the table. I, I don't want to say off the table. Happen. What are you saying, Joel? I I think a half right now just is what what's happened over the. Uh, I, I think a half is very unlikely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was in that fifty basis point camp until yeah. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you guys. There that that doesn't make sense now, right? If an increase in the interest rates, no, no, no. They, they would go after the Fed. They would be really upset with the Fed if they increase that pace. I think twenty five might be more the case here. Um, but another thing is. The market was already trying to price in a 50 basis point hike, right? Now, let's take a look at the overall market. Where are the signs of concern for this market for you, Joel? When we, let's take a look maybe like at the SPY overall. I said this at in? the top of the show. I mean, I just... I just don't like this chart at all. I didn't. I didn't like when we we missed the high um, on that rally earlier in the week. When we missed the high by 130 handles, that was very concerning. I had to have mentioned it. And just here on the downside, I mean, I don't want. I'm not calling for 3,800, but just going on the day. And we know this market is still continuing to chop people. There's going to be 40, 50 point rallies in here. It, mm-hmm. It's gonna. It's just the way this market's traded. But to me, wide open down to like 38.19. That that's 90 handles from here. That that's like 
the expect I don't I just don't have the expectations of that of that happening today. So we got to find some support somewhere. Like this thirty eight hundred uh, back in early February, man, that was looking like a major bottom. I mean, like holy smokes, man, we're never going back down to thirty eight hundred again. And just uh, you know, a month and a half later, you're looking. Oh boy, you know, do I really want to buy if it gets down to thirty eight hundred? So we got to find some support in here somewhere. And I, and right now, I and uh, you know, I talk about different levels. It's all one stars. I, I, I there's nothing I could say to you today that would say, all right, you know, this is. I had a I had a level yesterday and it caught a bounce off it, but that's all it was. It was just one low in one area. So. I don't know. Is it 30? There's too 50? much. It's too hard to assess the risk right yeah. now. This is the mm-hmm. biggest problem. It's too hard to assess the risk. You've got to back off as a trader. Yeah, you have the hard. luxury to move to the sidelines, especially as a small trader. You have the luxury. This is the edge you have on financial institutions. Is that as a trader, you have the luxury to move to the sidelines quickly when trouble is on the horizon or when we just all of a sudden get into trouble. This is what has happened in the last 24 hours. We have gotten into trouble. The gift yesterday was unfathomable to me. The gift yesterday from the market rallying completely, I mean completely ignoring what was going on in the regional banks was unfathomable to me. It was the stupidest rally I think I've seen in years for the S&P to be going up and completely ignoring what was going on at SIVB. And that's why I tweeted it out. I tweeted it out yesterday morning at 10.15. I was like, the market will eventually pay attention. And that is exactly what occurred. And then we fell 100 handles in the afternoon. Because there was no way it was going to completely ignore what was going on. It was stupid. That was the stupidest rally yesterday. It's why I use that rally to lighten up. You've got to pay attention to the intricate little stories that are going on when they affect the entire market. And that SIVB, they say, ah, it's just SIVB, who cares? You saw what was happening with the KRE, though. The SIVB, which was 2.5% of the KRE, would knock the KRE, if it went to zero, would knock it down 2.5%. The KRE was down 6 I was telling you, there's other concerns here. They, the, the fear was spreading. And that Would was you... the opportunity that was given to us yesterday. It's different today. Now we just fell 120 handles. Now we got to wait. I think of a jobs number. If we rally on that, it's another opportunity to sell stocks. I don't know where we're going. The Fed could come out and just say, look, you know, it's too much trouble. We're going to pivot and the market would take off. So now Fed is a wild card all of a sudden. They were predictable. But with the new information here, it's going to become unpredictable what the Fed is thinking. I want to definitely give you a shout out, Dennis, for that a tweet that you made. And definitely you guys keep up with Dennis Dick, right? Like always, he's not telling you the financial advice there. He's saying what he sees. And what I saw when he made that comment about that the market could go down afterwards, it could catch up with that. I also was already in that thinking. When I read that, I really started really reassessing the way that the market looked. It looked like there was a lot of bull traps right out the gates, and there was. I mean, our major leaders, they were going up out the gates. And then quickly, when this kind of caught up to it, then you started seeing the takedown. It was Apple, Microsoft, Google, Tesla. They were all up to start the day. And then they slowly started leaking it to give it back. Um, This is a great way that I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm not trusting this market one bit. I'm going break even on all my swing trades. I did take some profits in that first little spike in the intraday. But after that, I wasn't able to get any more profits. And all those stocks came right back and, and hit me on those break even stop outs. But it at least saved me because there was a sign of where I could see the flipping of the market. You got to be so flexible in this style of market. That's one thing that I'm definitely learning more and more of is how to make a little bit of a turning look, especially if the market starts turning that fast on you. So uh, it's very important to it sometimes was, get to that break morning, even. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, are you yeah, it was kidding a trap. me? It was are a you trap. kidding me? And, and, and even- this is why it's so much more important to look beyond technicals because yep. the technical guy isn't looking at that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. We look at relationships on the show. We look at what causes other things to move. What, when we see a catalyst like SIVB and the KRE going straight down, it's like, well, eventually this market is going to notice. It took a couple hours, but it noticed. Those are your edges. That's where you make the money. It's not from looking for a pretty pattern on the chart. You don't get an edge from that. What you get an edge from is looking at information. 
and looking you know beyond don't get caught up in your little oh i trade this stock and i just look at the chart and that's all i do i think you have a lot better edge to use all other information and we see kre going down two percent three percent four percent the s p's are still hanging out la 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 Oh, la, la, la. Oh, maybe we're going to go up and maybe we're going to go up resistance. Oh, maybe we'll take that out. La, 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 la. No, eventually this matters. It took two hours. That was a huge edge for anybody paying attention. All right. Now, I do want to do a little preview of the jobs number that's coming up. That's uh, about three minutes away from here. And then we can maybe look at something as the tape gets hit. But let's pay attention to that. Of course, we're going to get a lot of numbers coming in here. It's not just unemployment and non-farm payroll. I'll be back at you. Um, So we definitely got to pay attention to see what happens here. So let's let's go. Let's review it really quickly. I got it up here on my Benzinga Pro so that we can just take a quick look. Um, I'm going to share my screen. You guys let me know if you guys can see this. If not, I can zoom in a little bit more so you guys can see this. Unemployment rate is going to be coming in here. The consensus right now is 3.5. Prior was 3.4. Let's see if this actually goes up. Do we get unemployment to actually go up would be a good thing for the markets. Going down would not be a good thing, at least in my eyes right now. Of course, you know, good news, bad news kind of thing. Take it with a grain of salt because things could have changed with the situation we have right now. Non farm payrolls expected to be coming in at 200,000. Prior was 517,000. Now, I did have from a Dow Jones estimate more closer towards 225,000. So I'm going to go with that Dow Jones estimate versus what I see here um, that I just looked at this morning, which was 225,000. Uh, not the 200,000 that's expected here. And of course, we'll get other uh, coming in here. You'll get non-farm payroll, manufacturing, weekly, average weekly hours. So there's a couple of other things that we're going to be coming in here. And average er- hourly earnings per month can make a difference. Let's find out what happens when it hits the tape. Okay. All right. So here, here's a technical setup after that wild day uh, yesterday. Um, on the downside, only thing I can give you is that pre-market low at 38.84 and a quarter and, you know, a breach of that and you come back above it and it's off to the races. On the upside, it where it gets tricky because so far people have been trying to get out at the mark. The mark is uh, in the S&Ps is 39.20. If, in fact, you take that out and you're short on anything, you're going to get your face ripped off. I'm not saying it's going to take it out, but there's absolutely nothing in there until 39.50. So I, you know, that's what I'm looking at. Going super wide on the parameters here. Um, I just say, man, you know, the shorts are are looking. They're getting jumpy here. The algos just give us a little spike up to 39.17. Mitch, you tell me when you get the numbers here, and then uh, yeah, it hasn't hit I'll yet. Shut up! They're I'll jumping. Shut up they're jumping and, the gun. Uh, it's uh 29.43 right now. So there yeah, you guys oh, starting to see it spread, but yeah, I need some. I need some. Uh, not gonna jump the gun. I'm not gonna jump yeah, the gun. Eight here. seconds. Ooh, little spike up. Trying to trying to get this thing green. There it goes, starting to get a little wider. 391.32 by 39.50. Right down, 3901. That's not a big deal. First reaction to the upside. Now, we'll oh, see we when just, we get it. There, there's some bids down there at 3,900. <laughs> That's all I could see, and those bids are gone. We, all right, here we go. Non-farm payrolls, 311,000 versus 205,000. Going, going green big here. We're going green. Sorry, sorry, man. 11,000. No, you're good. Prior was 504, and remember, it's unexpected there. So nice little spike there in non-farm payrolls. Um, unemployment rate at 3.6 versus 3.4. So at least unemployment rate finally going in the right direction for what the Fed is looking for, right? Non-farm payrolls here, 265,000 versus 210,000. Estimate prior was 220,000. Um, so not looking too bad there. Uh, on the numbers, at least for that case, we are getting a little bit of an up reaction here. I yeah, think the unemployment uh, number. There were helped. bids out there. They didn't get to the pre-market low, so I can forget about buying. The, at least for now, buying the pre-market low. Looks like someone was making a big stand at thirty-nine hundred, and then one one seller order came in. Now we're in the thirty-nine thirty handle. This is exactly what the market needed today, right? 
39.33 and a half, 39.34. We'll probably be at 39.40 pretty quickly. Uh, first target on the upside is going to be that 39.50. We're tacking on uh, points here as we speak. A print in the 39.40 handle. It's trying. It's trying for that 39.50. Uh, but uh, nice bounce here. Being at that close, I don't know if, if you guys are looking at your individual stocks, but if they went green, you didn't have much of a chance on that one. Uh, but uh, like I said, you know, this is the kind of information that f- helps the Fed out a little bit. It, it yeah. does probably brings that Fed tool. Can you take a look at that, Mitch, real quick? The, yeah, it oh, takes oh, a little bit to update, so I'll give it like five or ten minutes. For some okay. reason, their data is lagged, right? Um, I'll tell you right now where it's at so that we can kind of worry about when it gets there. Right now, it's on uh, 722, so it's about eight minutes lag on that okay. data. Okay. So in about eight minutes – let's say 838 i'll take a look at it and i'll bring us the update from the cme fed watch tool um and you can see that on the bottom of the cme fed watch tool so you guys out there that are taking a look at it you'll see where it says data and in the little star it gives you the timing exactly when's the last time it took data um so it runs about eight minutes lag that's not too bad just to say one thing you know alluded to you know what dennis you know said and you know we're talking Mm -hmm. about the bank contagion and whatnot i just want to see if this is helping sivb yeah let's let's take a look not not helping sivb the banks other banks yeah there's still there's still caution here uh city group the bank the banks are the bank traders are not hopping on this which is not a good sign. Let me get rid of the one minute here. Get back to reality here with the, <laughs> with the 15-minute chart here uh, for the S and P's. Let's look. Let's just look at these stocks. Uh, now let's let's go. Right, I'm going to go back to uh, Apple. Uh, getting a little bit of a boost, but it doesn't seem like the stocks kept up with the pace of the S and P. The thing I was going to say before I distracted myself was, you know. Like the the straight down scenario, that's not what this market is going to give you. Like if I saw some people in the chat, oh, this is the crash. This is the day. Well, that very may very well may happen, but you're going to get there's always these rip roaring rallies. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what you saw here. So you had, you know, late yesterday, the pre-market, you know, to buy on a dip. Now the market structure can, you know, changes a little bit. But, the you know, you got. You know, important to hold this here too today. So I'll be looking at the close at thirty nine twenty. Uh, if we get a dip, uh, but right now that the market has changed and gotta gotta be if you want if you're short and you're stuck, you can put your bids lower, but you have to at least at some point, you know, start lifting offers. And I think that that's what you had there. Uh, S and P's right now up fifteen handles and. Uh, it's certainly a nice relief. Mitch, what, what, what else are you seeing? What other information do you have for us? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Of course, there is going to be a little bit of relief here coming in. But, of course, I, I think it's not relief until we have a long ways to wake back of yesterday's losses. I think I'm going to keep an eye out on some of the bigger uh, stocks, right? Tesla has been really struggling, bouncing back right now uh, towards 176.48. We'll see if the big boys keep coming down, right? Um, I did see Apple turn around from a major resistance yesterday. Uh, you guys can clearly see that on the daily right above it towards kind of like 155 area, rejecting that move. Do we get back up there today or do we come right back down towards support closer towards 145, 144 range? If we start coming down on the stronger names, that's when I'll really be concerned about the overall market. Microsoft has been trying to bounce around this 250 area for a good while. If that breaks, if Microsoft breaks 250, yeah, I'd be really concerned. Yeah, about I, I, other I don't stocks. know if I'd be, I, I don't know if I'd be looking at uh, the stocks that were weak yesterday. And, and I know just about, you know, everything was red, but I, you know, yeah. if, if you're going to try and buy something today, I would ooh, SIVB halted. Is that what they're saying? Hmm. Oh, is that be. true? Me, I'm taking a look right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm not seeing I'm not seeing any bids or offers there. So yeah, it could be halted you, right now. You know what? You know what? Can I can I make can I make a? It's going to be one or two things. Uh, it, it's all this. It's going to be one or two things. It's either going to be like, oh man, you know, this is it. 
SVB. See you later. Or like, you know, or Paul Tudor Jones, George Soros, and uh, whoever else uh, just, uh, in, in you know, invested just a lot inflected of money. A, a bunch of money. money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I have absolutely no way to play it right now but um yeah, that's difficult at, that's yeah, difficult let, let's look at the uh let's look at the pre-market chart uh last print 3940 uh s&p still got a still got a bid in there folks so there still is uh some hope in the market today didn't quite hit my upside first upside target and actually i might have to adjust because the highest number on my sheet i had was a uh, 3950 so we'll see Always important when you get a high, 39.41.75. Uh, also, during the regular session, you know, you want to make sure you take out that pre-market high. You want to make sure that the momentum continues. Uh, but right now, um, you got a you got a nice range in here, and uh, we'll wait for us. I'm, I'm sure the news on this uh, uh, this halt will be uh, will be interesting. What news comes out of that? Uh, do we have a uh, Michelle Krabs l- lurking in the background yeah, there? Let's do it. Let's get okay, out. Okay, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Yeah, let's shift. Uh, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Shift gears. Let's do it. Michelle Krabs, our Good morning. Audience. What did you pick a great morning to come on or what? Well, hey, every Friday's a snow day here, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. We're getting it again, but uh, I did not call for a school day, so I think they're still going to school. Uh, but um, let's let's talk about the auto sector here a little bit. And uh, I I said you know investors may be looking at the the uh, buyouts at. Um, GM for the corporates is a bad thing, uh, but you set me straight on that. What uh, what do you think about it? how are investors supposed to interpret and will interpret uh, GM uh, trying to get rid of some of the workforce? Well, uh, I, I think that let me back up. So in January, uh, during the earnings call, Mary Barra, the CEO, said that they were going to cut two billion dollars of cost uh, from their structure as of the end of 2024. Um, they had a few layoffs that first, initially they said they weren't going to have any layoffs. Then they cut some jobs uh, about 500 a couple weeks ago, uh, saying they were performance-based. And then yesterday they announced they had are offering pretty much all of their U S salaried workers, uh, an, a buyout. Uh, this is to accelerate attrition and go towards, um, achieving that goal of cutting costs by $2 billion. I think it's, it's, there's two things at play. GM spending a ton of money uh, as it uh, converts to, transforms itself into an electric tech company. Um, And then also I think they're, they're concerned about some economic headwinds. So I think Um, investors should see this as they're living up to their promise and of cutting costs and they're preparing for what could be a bumpy ride. And uh, you could also, you know, maybe they're uh, going for this whole chat GBT AI thing and they're not going to need all these executives because, boom, just put robots in there, right, to do the jobs that the uh, <laughs> the executives were doing? I don't think so. And I think the other thing, too, is they're making room to hire different kinds of employees. You know, they're they're going for software engineers and electrical engineers as they move towards a electrified future they're still hiring even though they're eliminating some of these jobs but they're different kinds of jobs okay let's talk about go ahead mitch yeah i wanted to ask you michelle i know you keep up with all that how are the new car sales doing right because i mean a lot of us are watching it for inflation coming down how is the sticker price we still paying over sticker price uh, not as much. Uh, you know, a, the average transaction prices are still high, uh, you know, getting close to $50,000. But they did dip down a little bit in January. And again, in February, they're off the record. Um, but, you know, there's they're still pretty high. Some of that is because of the mix. Uh, we are seeing a much richer mix of luxury vehicle sales. Almost 20% of all uh, total sales these days are um, luxury cars. Uh, and at the other end, uh, the Toyota and Honda are still struggling with production um, and um, inventory. And of course, they produce um, cars that are at the lower end of the price spectrum. So that that balance. And then electric cars are more expensive, and they're increasing in sales. 
And on the flip side of that, of course, we could take a look at the used car market. And of course, we've heard of troubles with Carvana, different companies like this. Should we be concerned about used car sales, Michelle? No, actually, used car sales have been surprisingly robust. Um, we always see them uh, higher this time of year as people get tax refunds. Um, they use those tax, ref tax refunds to uh, buy used vehicles. Um, and we're also seeing people who can't afford the new cars uh, are moving to the used car market. So it's a pretty robust market. In fact, you know, we the Cox Automotive owns Mannheim Auto Auctions, and we're seeing dealers back in the game buying um, used vehicles at our auctions because they are seeing demand. Well, uh, I'm sure you've been observing what's uh, been going on in the banking sector. And, uh, you know, we all know that a lot of people uh, get car loans, right? Or or lease their cars and finance their cars. Uh, we've heard about um, some of the Canadian banks extending the amortization on the housing. Uh, what, what What's going on? It's, it's going down with the finance arms of uh, the of the big two. Well, what's interesting is we're seeing because more people, affluent people are in the new car market and uh, buying luxury cars um, and affluent people have more cash in the bank. They're paying cash for cars so that they mm. avoid those high interest rates at the opposite end of the spectrum. For quite some time now, we've seen um, subprime borrowers fall out of the market, certainly out of the new car market and um out of the used car market as well. They're just not in the game because the math just does not work. Now, of course, we started to see some of the supply chains alleviate, but is it completely alleviated yet? Is this starting to look better than it was in pre-pandemic time? Michelle, are we still struggling? Because, of course, we heard news earlier in the year, of course, from the Ford Lightning, and it looks like the Hummer is still having some struggles. What do you see out there? It's a mixed bag. If you look at the overall inventory numbers, they're way up. We're close to, I think when we talked a year ago or some months ago, we were at like one, 1.1 million vehicles in inventory. We're now up to over 1.8 million and rising. Some of that's, but it's not equally spread around. If you look at one end of our graph, it shows uh, domestic pickup trucks and Stellantis and um, some of the domestic SUVs, they're in high supply. In fact, we are starting to see some incentives on trucks and some Stellantis prod products in particular. But at the opposite end of the spectrum, you see Toyota and Honda still having extremely low supplies of vehicles. Um, and you're not seeing any discounting there. So it's it's all over the map. And it, you know, you mentioned Ford Lightning. That's not the chip issue. That's another, that's a, a production glitch or, or some kind of specific issue. And we're seeing, mm -hmm. you know, we're seeing some of that. And of course, you know, we're gearing up with electric vehicles and it's a new game. So there are, are, are it's going to be bumpy for some of those. And uh, the, the uh, EV, the race for EV, we've, uh, you know, I know you've had some uh, skepticism on Tesla over the years, uh, Ford and GM trying to get some of that that market share and slowly chipping away. Also, the uh, European auto manufacturers. Uh, who, who's uh, who's catching up in the in the EV race? Well, uh, we anticipate this will be the first year that EV sales hit one million. Um, Tesla still dominates, but you know it used to have one hundred percent of the market. Now its market share is dropping, which you would anticipate, uh, even though their sales are increasing because the pie is getting bigger. Uh, Ford is the number two in uh, selling EVs, but you've got Hyundai that's been very successful in that, uh, Kia as well, which is its sibling, and then General Motors has got a lot of new EV products coming this year. I think it's seven or they'll have seven or not seven to nine um, new EVs on on EVs on the market this by the end of the year. So everybody's uh, nibbling away. What's it really going to take to really get this EV kind of movement going? Because is it going to be more just bringing the cost down? Because of course, we've been seeing like different automakers bringing those costs down. Is that what it's going to take? Because it's a high sticker price. Two things. Yes, prices. That is the when we survey people about why they aren't buying an, uh, an EV, it's because of the price. Um, Costs are high to make EVs. Nobody's really making money on them. 
Uh, and so everyone's trying to bring the cost down so they can bring the price down. And we are going to see some $30,000 ones from GM and Honda coming up. At least that's what they promised. Tesla's promised a $25,000 one. Um, but but the other thing is the EV charging infrastructure. Oh, the stories are just rampant about people, um, you know, going to the char a charger when they finally find one and they they it doesn't work or they can't, they're in line. Oh. Or so we've got a lot of work to do on the EV charging infrastructure. And you know, there is there it is happening. It's much improved. And there's a lot of money going into um, expanding the EV charging infrastructure under, you know, the federal infrastructure bill and then a lot of states and, and then private companies. How, how long do you think it'll take, Michelle, to get that charging EV, EV infrastructure uh, system up to work? Is it going to be, you think, one year, three years? Oh, I have Any no guess? idea. It, I, I don't know how long it takes to make them. I don't know what the supply chain is for them. I don't really know. But it'll take some time. Uh, you know, one thing that was just done, Tesla's opened up its uh, chargers to non-Tesla vehicles. Um, so that will help. Um, you know, we're expecting about 45% of all sales will be EVs, plug-in hybrids uh, by uh, the end of the decade. So hopefully the charging infrastructure is there for them. Yeah, I see a lot of people talking about the hybrid and I... Uh... You know, if I was ever to buy a new vehicle, I'd, you know, why not? Not why not play it safe? I mean, you don't want to be. Well, there's like there's hybrids and there's plug-in hybrids, uh, and the plug-in hybrids qualify for the EV tax credit if if you as the consumer and that vehicle is made in yeah. the U.S. So that that should help it as well. Michelle Michelle Cox, she's a analyst yes. at Cox Automotive. <laughs> I got that. I, I didn't say the other thing. What about, I mean, you talk about the strong consumer and I know you don't like to, you know, you won't comment on individual stocks and whatnot, but I'm just looking at Ferrari here. Race. I mean, trading at just off an all time high. I mean, mm -hmm. what is that? I mean, is that, could that be a good indication for, or are they just so much in their own, their own, you know, their own lane, with their high-end vehicles and the, you know, upper strong, you know, the strong consumer, wealthy consumer just continuing to buy? Well, I think that it's both of those. I think, if they, you, you know, we started this conversation talking about who are the buyers. Uh, luxury buyers are into the car market big time. So, you know, Ferrari's benefiting from that. But there is nothing like a Ferrari. And, you know, by the way, they're going to have some electric vehicles at some point, too. So um, I think Rolls Royce and Bentley also had great years. So those really ultra luxury are doing quite well. Yeah, I, I know what it is. I, I saw Michelle riding around in her Ferrari. I saw <laughs> that nice red hot convertible. <laughs> I see you, Michelle, out there, and we'll definitely have you back on. Appreciate you coming Racing on and down talking. Woodward. I bet. Yeah, I yeah. see it. I see it. Be careful out there. Michelle's coming to your city nearby. <laughs> have a good one, Michelle. <laughs> we'll have you back on. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you. All right, let's go back into the market. How are we looking, Joel? We're we're hanging. We're still bid here. Uh there, you know, that like I said, the market, the market's changed, right? Uh, you had a chance to buy on the cheap, your bid's getting hit. Let me pull up the S and P's. I'm trying to find a home here in the thirty nine hundred in the thirty nine thirty area. Uh as I mentioned, you know, if they if they popped it through the pre market low, I didn't know. I want to know where to go. I just mm -hmm. think you just would have had to go like, uh, yeah. And this is what I do when when I don't have levels. I just go, you know, every ten points, you know, thirty nine eighty, you know, or thirty eight eighty, thirty eight seventy, thirty eight sixty, and then all the way down to that thirty eight hundred. Right now, it doesn't look like that. We still haven't. I mean, if the bulls really want to get back some of yesterday's losses, first of all. Gonna need some good news out of this news pending here for SP. yeah. Is it? It's still news spike? pending, man. Do you get? Did you? Do you have a spike on your chart? I have a spike on my chart right before it halted. I think this is a, me a mistake on my charting service. So let I'm me see. What did you get? Confirm. Uh, let did me get to my. No, team. you don't. You don't have that right there. The 15 minute doesn't show it. Well, I just I, I just converted over to the pre market chart, so now yeah, you, what, you don't what, have a what spike, do you see right? To? Yeah, on my charts, look at this. And this is, I don't think this is Show right, team. This is it, it, I have it on the screen now. It's like one oh six. I don't think it. Oh, uh, that was a, that's cross because I think that was the close. Wasn't one oh six? No, the close? this is this is eight thirty. 
835. I think this is, yeah, this is not real. Yeah, I, I just it, wanted, it, it, I wanted to like, confirm it with yours because yeah. yours doesn't have any of that action. So. 106.04 was the close yesterday. So that might have just been a, a cross at the close. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just making sure. I know I'm on the right timing, but something's going on with uh, getting a little wonky with my charting system. Oh, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. No, I mean, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> talk about wonk. I don't know how. You just switched mics, Joel. <laughs> Switch it back for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring in a little micro catalyst. We'll take a look at some of the stocks that had earnings today. And like always, guys, if you guys see anything else making moves, we can always talk about it, right? The first stock we're going to talk about today is going to be Oracle. Let's get right into that. We'll get through some of these earnings. We're going to run through this so that we can save a little time for you guys at the end. I know Dennis might join us at the end. Again. Um, I'm comments. sure Dennis coming back. How's that? Sound? Ooh, uh, you know, he's busy <laughs> team. Oracle EPS, $1.22 beat the $1.20 estimate. Sales at $12.4 billion, missed the 12 point. Four two billion estimate. They did see cloud revenue up forty eight percent year over year, so that's actually a good outlook there. Cloud application up forty two percent. Also quarterly dividend they raised it. EPS they also raised it here. Good outlook for Q four adjusted EPS. And look who's back. You see, I, I talk. Yes, who's back? Back again. back again. Smash the like. Dennis, you want me one more you, time? You want, go ahead. Do you want to do? Your uh, friends. Well, let's get your commentary. I mean, it's more important than these Oracle numbers. Uh, yeah, I think you got to be Oracle. selling into the strength. There's too many unknowns here. We get nice, you know, thirty percent retracement of yesterday's big down move here. I think you're taking risk off because, again, I'm a risk manager. I can't assess the risk here, so I'm out. So I think you're taking the gift from this number here this morning. And assessing the risk. If you're coming in here and saying, "Oh yeah, this was the bottom I'm buying," I think you're I think you're taking too much risk. I don't know if you're right or you're wrong, but I think you're taking too much risk because there's a lot of risk here on the table. Suddenly, nice opportunity to take some risk off. I, I took most of my risk off yesterday, so I'm pretty comfortable. I'm still mm -hmm. trading market neutral. Um, I don't want to go to 100% cash. I joked about it. I don't want to do it. Um, so I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. But, you know, to call this market's going to be tough, too. But I do think that there's going to be people coming in and saying, hey, I don't know what's going on. Let's just take some money off the table. So and also, I, also, I, think I, I don't that, think this rally holds. I, I think also what you have on days like this is let's say you were you were cautious. Um, you know, you're a swing trader, you know, cautious on the action. Then you got uh, the big discount yesterday and you scoop some stuff up cheap and you're not. You're not looking for the world. You're not looking for, you know, the Fed pivot. You're not, you're just looking to make five, 10, 15% on a trade. Your offers are out there. You don't know if this market's going to, you know, back to 4,000 today or it's going to crack the pre market low to go 38.50. So, you know, that just the overhead supply kind of thing is going to temper it. Now, uh, as I said, it's hard to find resistance when you come down, but, uh, I, I, I mm, follow through through the pre-market highs. Important. I mentioned thirty-nine fifty. If we take out thirty-nine fifty, I'll adjust my numbers. But right now, that's my target. As far as this Oracle goes, what a tough day to report. Oh, the worst. Yeah. 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 Definitely uh, the worst. It, it, it's all about the day you report. Like people don't mm -hmm. want to hear that. They want to see, oh, it's all trade on the fundamentals. It's all efficient. Now nah, it's about the day you report. There was <laughs> yeah, no. It's it, not the fundamentals. The toughest day man. to report. DocuSign, same thing. <laughs> DocuSign's down ten bucks. What a horrible day to report. I mean, you got all panic all of a sudden out there. Now you're reporting earnings. They got to be like gulp. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad report on DocuSign either. No, like, it doesn't matter, though. And they rallied it on the initial stupid algos, rallied on there. What a gift that was, too. I know DocuSign was up at five, 69, I think it hit Joel on the initial numbers. Those new, news algos just burning cash. Whoever, there, there's some there's some very smart algos and some very stupid ones, too. That news algo that's running that on a day like this, just the people who be behind it have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, okay. you got to know the current environment, right? Yeah, that's it. You've got to adjust for the environment. They need a macro guy running that algo. They need a macro guy in that room. I get the strategy. I get, oh, mm -hmm. just work, so you just do it every time. But you can extract a lot more alpha by not running it on days where it's predictable it's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, Oracle, just do real quick technicals. Oracle is kind of in no man's land here. Uh, it was really hugging good support at 86 so I'm going to use that as, re, you know, resistance today. That wouldn't even be a gap fill. 
because uh, you need to get to 86.53. So I'm looking at 86 is resistance. Then on the downside here, you're far enough off that pre-market low of uh, after hours low of 81.50. I try and identify some other daily levels ahead of it. You had a nice breakout from 82. Uh, you had three highs in that area, then you broke out. So there's a, uh, a level ahead of the pre-market low. I guess it's pretty close to it. Uh, DocuSign, interesting chart here because, you know, it, it held up. You know, I had to, this one actually bottom in November, nice rally in December, kept going in January, pull back in February. People got their money back partially in March, and then you're coming back down. So yeah. you're at the $55 area. Figure your 50% retracement here from the November low to the uh, February high. And if you really want to get back into this stock, uh, maybe target that area and see if any sustained bids, uh, you know, come in front of it. So that's a look at those two. And then Ulta Beauty. Uh, yeah, we can go again. to that one. Before we just okay. take a I just want to take a quick peek because we are getting a little bit of a pop there in SI. Uh, there was about 700,000 shares that just went through there on that oh, wow. What's happening there? candle. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure if it's news related, but I did see a little bit of a pop in volume, right? You see uh, on the on the prior candle, you see only see 98,000 shares traded. In the last five minutes, you got 854,000 shares traded. So that's you saw SIVB halted, right? Yeah. 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 And so yeah, uh, I think some people are just right trying now. to take bets, right? Some people are just trying to take bets. I don't think there's necessarily a news related to this because I'm looking around. I don't see anything there on SI as of late. You guys see anything? Of course, drop it in. This could be happening. I will be betting on that stock if you think you know. If you think that there's good, if you think it's good news on SIVB, then you're looking at the other regionals that got blasted on it. If you think it's bad news, then you know there's the trade. But that that's we'll see. If we see continued takedown also in uh, the banks, will that continue to affect Bitcoin? Because Bitcoin's getting hit hard too. Isn't that funny? That you know, we say Bitcoin is the hedge for the the financial system collapse. Oh no, and no, then you no! You start getting this, and Bitcoin just starts going down right with it. Yeah, it's I just mean, getting smacked. The people who right are now. saying that are just wrong. I so was we're looking at off micro here. strategy. Yeah, we are coming sure. off in the S and P's. I would expect us to go red here. I've been selling into the strength on the spy just because I just that. don't think it holds. Yeah. Um, I just think there's too many unknowns. I think prudent risk managers are going to look like take money off the table we don't know what's going on take money off the table especially so, big guys right they were they got invested yeah. for this run and then we're thinking this was a bull market well i mean very quickly things can always change team. change I fast think, risk yeah. happens fast dougie cass he's right risk you know and fast. a thing that I, I you know i usually am better about mentioning you know you had the rollover this week in the futures contracts and yeah. you mm. always get you know wonky price action is they you know switch over from the march to the junes and you know if you have to if you're short the june then you gotta you know revert or short the march you gotta buy the march and sell the june and vice versa so some people just do it boom boom one time and then you know other people try and lag it like if you would have sold your marches early yesterday and then bought your junes late then you could have picked up a lot of alpha on that spread. Uh, where where are we at? We got. Uh, I got. We do, I got some Alta, good news. I, I got some good news right there, right quickly because I wanted to mention this. We talked about would we watch this go to forties percent? There it is. There it, there it is, is, man. There it is, Dennis. There Dropping. it is, my friend. Killing <laughs> it. Killing it. Dropping it. Yeah. Dropping it already. They're already thinking twenty five basis points. I, I think it's a zero. They went I to fifty six. I, I think it's now, going to zero. And it was thirty one percent. I think it's twenty five this morning. I personally so, think with all the stuff going on, they're going to go 25. Where else do you get this stuff, team? That's all I got to say. But TLT. all right, let's get back to old. So, Jerome Powell, what's his name in the chat, you guys? What do you think Powell's using when he listens to pre-market huh, he's The big bad wolf. The, information. <laughs> the big bad wolf. You know what I call him, man. <laughs> I read childhood stories about him. <laughs> all right let's go, let's go to ulta beauty this was another one that i felt was an overreaction to the downside the report coming in here eps six dollars and 68 cents beat to five dollars and 65 cents uh so it beat eps by more than a dollar there sales at 3.23 billion beat the 3.02 billion estimate the only negative that i saw in their report was that they're gonna only open 25 to 30 stores in 2023 versus 48 stores that was anticipated before. 
Uh, once again, tough data report. You got to dip on... It, we're such a macro market driven yeah. right now. And sometimes you're a micro driven market and sometimes you're a macro driven market. And right now it's all about risk. I mean, it's all about, you know, and these individual stories just probably don't matter as much. Yeah. It, what matters is that what is going on with the banks. I mean, FRC, so SIVB halted. Keep an eye on FRC today. It has trained down another 20 points in the pre-market. It has basically been cut in half. Well, 120 to 78. It's down, you know, 40% a couple of days here. Um, the other one that I mentioned was PACW. It's down another 13% after falling 30% yesterday. I mean, these banks just don't move like this. This is total fear of a bank run. This is what is driving all of these prices right now is fear mm -hmm. of a bank run. On Okay, on I'm going to let you guys uh, finish it up. Uh, it should Scary. be interesting to see what that halt Scary is. Stuff. We'll yeah. see what the halt is. And uh, Triple D, I'll check in with you later. Go get them, Mitch. Everyone have a good day. Have a good one, Joel. We'll see you. And you guys can keep up with everything Joel Conan does, of course, on pre-market prep uh, on their channel. If you're not following pre-market prep's channel already, well, what are you missing out on, right? Definitely go ahead and hit the subscribe. Look it up. You guys can search it. And I'll make sure that we get a little link down below so you guys can just click that. Um, we'll look to see what happens, Dennis. I'm running through here. Some of the ones in the regionals that got hit hard. And continuing to get hit hard, of course, Zion was one of those that we mentioned yesterday. Yeah. There, uh, I had the list. Where's my phone? I got a whole list of them. Yeah, I had. A, I, I mean, we, we didn't Zion get too bad of a list yesterday. yesterday. That PNC wasn't too bad. RF wasn't too bad. We looked at that. So MTB. These were these were the ones so that I gave many, yesterday. So and continuing so to get hit. So SIBB, PACWFRC, we already mentioned. WAL. Look at this w one. WAL. Wall. Schwab got the beats yesterday. I don't know what Schwab did wrong, but they really nailed Schwab yesterday. Um, yep. You have, I'm just going through them. BKU was another one getting hit. And then it went into like Comerica was getting hit. CME. Yeah, Comerica. I, I mean, if that. we don't, okay, so let's just throw this out there. If we don't go in a financial crisis, I don't believe we're going to. Mm -hmm. um, at a certain point in time, some of these banks are going to be biased. Because yeah, at a certain time, a right? At a certain time. Yeah, I don't want to be early on this. Yeah, but that's, that's a it's a falling knife. Let's just here. be honest. This is what we call falling knives, right? Now oh, it's yeah. just more of a matter oh, yeah. of Ow. be careful playing with knives, right? Because yes. that can be in a very easy way to just get bit, 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 and you can't even get out a lot of the times unless yeah. you're just going to really take down there. So just be careful with these names, team. Um, I also saw day traders trying to trade FAZ. This is another way that it can be very dangerous. Be careful with these leverage style trades in the banks. There are the illiquidity can be a very sign of concern. We'll see what happens on like an FAZ day trade outlook. Um, I did uh, full disclosure. I'm still short. Morgan Stanley was able to close that gap yesterday. That was one of the trades that we talked about before we closed pre-market prep that closed the gap already. So I was able to take majority of it. I have this tiniest little piece left just to see if we were going to get continuation downside. Goldman Sachs was a trick yesterday. It really was a trick. That thing was actually going green yesterday. It went up almost 2% and then bam, came to hit after that. Going to be looking to see if some of the major banks continue down. Bank of America, this chart does not look good by any means. Look at this chart team. They all look, look the same. Starting to really break. The regionals hit harder than the big commercial banks, but the big majors, but I yeah, mean, that's why they all I, look not pretty. Like regionals, I almost, I wouldn't even feel bad or like weird if they're going down today. But I'm really watching these bigger ones because if we get like another bar like this that we got yesterday on Wells Fargo, we could be down there towards the 52-week lows already and then cracking through. If that's what yeah. happens... That's, I think, really when you start thinking more of the Dennis situation here where the Fed just has to pivot almost. Uh, it's going to be really concerning today. I think that the pop is definitely giving some people an opportunity if they did get crushed yesterday to get out. I think so. So I think, I think if you're sitting here and you're invested on margin, I think if you're invested on margin, you're insane in this market. But I think if you're sitting here and you're really heavy stocks and you're like, I think you're getting a rally here this morning. I think you're using the opportunity to lighten up. I think taking risk off is prudent here because we just have too many unknowns. Again, mm -hmm. my job as a trader is not to make money. It's to be a risk manager and put my capital at risk in low risk situations. And we're trying to go red here on the S&P. Yep. I mean, so that's just showing you the gift that we had. 
But that's your job as a trader. It's not to, you know, jump in and yeah, yeah, I'm just making money, making money. Think about the risk first and then the return. The risk here is unknown. So that throws my return right out the window. I don't even worry about return here. I'm just worrying about protecting my capital. I don't know what is happening here. So I'm just out. That's it. So not, you know, and that's why I was lightening up in the long-term portfolio. I'm comfortable having 35% stocks. You know, it's it's probably the highest, you know, that I've been in cash really since probably COVID. So that's where I'm at right now. I don't know if I'm going to come back in. Maybe I want to come back in quickly if we get new information. But right now, I don't have enough information to just be putting on new positions, like long-term. Short-term trading, scalping, day trading, awesome. No problems. Definitely. And saying I'm going to go buy this because the chart looks pretty for a swing trade sounds not like you can control that risk very well. Yeah, you can't. And, that, and that's true. And um, one thing to keep in mind is like yesterday, um, with the banks going down so much and eventually just dragged the whole market with it. So that's also something to keep in mind. Like we just talked about Ulta. It was a good earnings report, but it's still getting hit. The market's dragging it, right? Yeah. Will that drag continue? I always talk about this all the time that you could have the best bullish setup, but if the market's just going to just completely get dragged down, well, you can throw that setup out the window because it isn't going to work a lot of the times. All right, that's going to do it for us. You guys keep up with everything Dennis Dick does at Triple D Trader. Yesterday, uh, his tweets, like, you know, it wasn't financial advice, but it definitely put more of the question in my mind, saved me a good amount of my money on my decision. So appreciate you like always, Dennis, just looking Thanks, out for Mitch. us. Thanks, everyone. Trade cautiously is what I will say. We're in a wild environment, a lot of risk. Trade cautiously. Mm-hmm. Be careful out there, team. Have a good one. And like my man would say, uh, Bauer, don't get sorted today. We don't want to get sorted. So just be careful out there, team. It's going to be a tough one. I'll see you guys over on live trading action. I've been kicking it out the waters. Morgan Stanley's short still. Let's find out if I go shorting some more banks today. going to be looking for green. Two red moves. We'll find out if we get them. Come on over to our live trading stream. That's starting up now. Like always, you guys can keep up with all the action right here on Benzinga. Don't go anywhere. And we do got Zunaid in the live trading room today. I made him come over. Smash the like. Let's find out what we get into today.